The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Now we should be starting. All All right. Welcome back to a very special Saturday night episode of Wisco Fanatics. Uh, We are only going to be discussing uh, the firing of head coach Mike Budenholzer and some potential replacements. Uh, We each have a top three list, and we also have three attributes that we would like in a potential replacement to lead this team to another title in the Giannis era. So... I have three guys that are – their names are getting thrown around a lot. And, you know, rightfully so. I have some guys that have been around the league for a long time, um, a guy who's very familiar with our roster. And Tyler tells me that he has three guys that I would not even think about. And I am so excited. See, the problem is is Tyler knows my three. You know, I already gave my three out to him. I have no idea what's on his list. So I'm going to be shocked surprised and probably pleased just like everybody else who watches this um so yeah i say let's get started do you want me to go first do you want to go first do you want to introduce so, yourself how are we doing this a couple things that i want to do before we start throwing names out there mm-hmm. and first thing i want to do is read the comments of john horst who was asked by jim ozwarsi from the journal sentinel about what they're looking for in a head coach so I want to read those things first, um, just mm-hmm. to kind of give a give a general idea of exactly what the Bucks are looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to start with that. Then after that, I think we should do our attributes first because okay. that's how I uh, quote unquote graded um, the coaching candidates that I looked at, and I looked at a lot. Now listen, before we get started, I'm going to say. I may not be an expert, you know, I'm not working for ESPN and I'm just, you know, running a sports show podcast, but these are my notes. It's a lot of notes. It's a lot of notes. That is seven pages of notes. So again, I may not be on ESPN, but I put, I put a lot of work into it. Yeah. So I'm going to start with. Uh, John Horst quotes uh, what they're looking for in a new coach. He was asked first um, 
first thing he said was culture. Um, he said the candidate doesn't necessarily need NBA head coaching experience or championship experience. He said they're going to, quote, evaluate all options. He did not rule out anyone from the Budenholzer or Popovich coaching tree, which would include Charles Lee, Becky Hammond, James Borrego, um, and more. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to, quote, look at a very large candidate pool. I looked at 14 coaches, potential coaches. I looked at mm-hmm. 14, so I ended up with seven pages of notes. Mm-hmm. I let Jake pick the three that he wanted, and I looked at all the other ones that I could come up with. Mm-hmm. So I looked at 14 potential options. So when John Horst says he's looking at a very wide pool, um, so did I. He said character matters massively, which to me rules out somebody, but I'll leave that alone. He said it's more important to make the right decision than to make a decision quickly. He said the players will have a lot of input. He said, quote, their opinion matters to me. It's something I trust and value. As you should. As you should, I think. Right. So, real quick recap. Culture doesn't need NBA head coaching or championship experience. They're going to evaluate all options. Didn't rule anybody out from Budenholzer or Popovich Trees. Uh, Large candidate pool. Character matters. Uh, More important to make the right decision than a fast decision. Mm -hmm. Players will have input because their opinion matters to him. So that's what John Horst said he's looking for. So with that being said, give me your um, give me your attributes that you want in a potential head coach replacement. So <laughs> my three keys are almost from the John Horst quotes. So my first one I have is gets the respect of the locker room because that's a big thing, right? Yep. This is a that's player's league. Um, yep. player, players win games. I've said that for, for years. Um, yes, co- coaching can help. I'm not saying that coaching is not important. When to call timeouts, when to make adjustments. I understand all that X's and O's. But um, players win games. So having a guy that has the respect of the locker room is a really, really big thing. Um, and I love that Horst is going to take the opinions of the players. You need to have guys like Drew and Giannis, you know, giving their opinions on yep. who they want to lead them, right? Yep. Um, I would throw Wes Matthews in there, too. I mean, he's a guy yeah. who's been in the NBA for, what, 15 years? Um, he's he's going to be an assistant coach, years. maybe. You know, he would, I would love Wesley Matthews on the coaching staff. Yeah, he's he's a great great locker room guy. You know, he's been in the league forever, like you've said. So I mean, so he oh, spent wow, three quarters of the year coaching Marjan Bochamp. Yeah, pretty much. What's up, Simon? Um, my next one is more aggressive defense and adjust to the other team's play style, and that is a big one uh, for this Milwaukee Bucks fan base. For the Milwaukee Bucks team, yeah. um, the last couple of years, yes, we've heard we've learned so much about the drop defense, and I do think that it is, it is a very effective defense in certain situations, just not every single situation, right? right. Um, Steve, uh, stick around, buddy. Those that's You're getting getting ahead of Jake. Some, some pretty <laughs> pretty good names there. Um, so a, a guy that can adjust, you know, when when a Jimmy Butler is taking advantage of that drop defense and getting to that eight to 10 foot range and just absolutely murdering us while we're going over the screens, having a guy push up, you know, and making it a little bit tougher. I think that that's something that could be key. And my last one goes with the culture. Keep the fun. Uh, Obviously winning makes things a little bit easier to enjoy and have fun, but 
keeping the fun, keeping it light, having the respect of the locker room and and understanding the X's and O's of things, I think those are those are all three big ones. Keeping the fun is a really big one that people kind of scoff at. You know, we talked about it during Packer season when LaFleur said it, but it's a big thing mindset-wise. So keeping the fun is really important. So I cheated because I put like a bonus one on mine, but it's for a reason because it's something that I've done for years now. But my three, number one is someone adaptable and fluid in-game. We talked about it during the championship run that we thought Budenholzer did a good job of going game to game adjustments, mm-hmm. but not in game adjustments. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously what became, you know, at the forefront of the Miami Heat series. True. Number two, you nailed it already. I want a guy who can earn respect of players and can culture uh, the guys to, to keep the championship culture. Yeah. And then number three, I wanted somebody with a fundamental defensive philosophy and offensive creativity. Mm. So those are my three um, my three attributes that I'm looking for. Now, my bonus one is someone who is strong in all areas of fundamental failures. Now, if you're watching the show and you've never seen or heard me talk about fundamental failures, they are three aspects that I believe are the like the most key fundamentals of basketball, which are boxing out, making free throws, and taking care of the ball. So I tracked... Points off turnovers, second chance points, and missed free throws added them all together into what I called fundamental failure points. So I looked at candidates who were strong, um, whose teams were strong rebounders, uh, didn't turn the ball over, and made their free throws. So that being said, how do you want to do it? Do you want to go three to one? You just want to start rattling them off? You want to go number one, number three? I think I'm going to go three to one. I think I'm going to go with my, my least favorite, and then I will go with uh, my my number one guy. Okay. So do you want me to All start right. at number three? You might as well, because two of your guys are already in the comment section. Steve already uh, <laughs> touched on two of them. So yeah, you might as well start with one of those two, I guess. He's unless, ready. Well, my number three is Mark Jackson. Um, I think Mark Jackson would be a phenomenal coach for this team. Now, one thing that does hurt him, uh, in my opinion, is that as soon as they got rid of him, they want the Golden State won the title. So that's kind of a knock on him, in my opinion. Not a big one because he obviously took a bad Warriors team. The Warriors were horrible for a long time. Played bad defense, didn't have any offensive real philosophy. It was really just Monte Ellis being fast. Yeah, and Stephen <laughs> and Jackson. Steph- yeah, and, and you know, and Stephen Curry was was up and coming, but he had a lot of the, the ankle issues. So, mm-hmm. um. I like Mark Jackson because he played in the league for a long time. He was a first-round pick back in 1987 to the Knicks. Um, played in the NBA all the way until 2004, from 87 to 04. So he, he has a lot of NBA experience. He was the Warriors coach from 2011 to 2014. Um, he averaged nine points, 3.8 rebounds, and eight assists per game. So this guy understands the fluidity of an offensive game, right? He understands how to, how to draw offensive plays up, but he's a defensive-minded guy. So when you said – you want a guy who's defensive minded, but you know can can draw up some plays on offense. I was like, that's the guy you're ruling out, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, I think I think what he did with the Warriors is really what what I see is they were so bad on defense, dude. The the, the year before that he came in there, they gave up almost fifty two percent field goal percentage. That is awful, dude. That nice. is, that, that, that's awful. That's Pistons level awful. <laughs> Not trying to throw shots, but that's true. So 
for him to come in in in, in a two year stretch, you know, his first two years there, um, he got them down to to almost forty six percent. Wallace wants Nick Nurse. I have wanted him before we even won the championship, and I would I would gladly listen to the reasons that you want him. If if you wanted to put them in the comments and tell the reasons that you want him, I, I'll gladly listen to that. Tyler is very against it, and Tyler could give his opinions on that because if you haven't seen, he has seven thousand words written down. <laughs> um, but my last thing about Mark Jackson is like he like I said, he is a, a defensive minded guy, and he had to do a lot of work with a bad team. So I think that if you have a defensive-minded team with a Mark Jackson with championship pedigree, I think Mark Jackson understands how to win and how to move around in this league. So I think he would be a good fit with this roster. Now, I am going to touch base on some things that are not good about Mark Jackson. Just real quick here, not going to say a lot. There was rumors that there was religious stuff going on and homophobia going on over there. And apparently, you know, it, it's kind of hearsay. It's it's like one of those things that we say, you know, in the in the media, it's, it's clickbait, in my opinion, because there really is no it's he said, she said kind of deal. And they were saying that he was openly, you know, complaining about two staff members who were who were gay. And it's like, OK, if that's true, it's a bad look for him. I won't lie. But I don't think ESPN would have hired him immediately out the spot if that was true. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure they did their due diligence and they did their research. So um, I'm just going to say this. I think he'd be fantastic with us. Um, like I said, he knows how to work around the league and he's a tough nosed guy. And I think that the Bucks could use some toughness. Sean, Sean just brought up a point. Thoughts on Ty Lue leaving the toxic Clippers and joining the Bucks. It is possible. And actually Adrian Wojnarowski just was on, I don't remember what, what show he was on. He was on a show, I think it was something on ESPN, and they were asking him about who replaces Budenholzer, and one of the things that he said was that there could be um, <clears throat> a candidate that is still currently coaching. So he's he's hinting at, you know, if a coach that's currently in the playoffs were to lose their job, uh, though, they'll, you know, they could be a potential candidate. The two most prominent ones that popped up were Tyron Lue and Monty Williams in Phoenix. Really? I don't know how I feel about Monty Williams. I think he's a great person. I don't know if I think he's a great coach, but I know Ty Lue knows his shit, man. I know that for a fact. So if that if that ends up being the case and there's you know there's rumors that they're being interested or anything like that, um, Sean said there's leaks that this has been purposely making the Clippers fail and Kawhi has been faking injuries because of the toxicity. What? That would be crazy if it was true. I'd have to look into it. Like, I can't speak, you know, if that's something that I believe is true or not because I haven't done any research on it. But if there, you know, if if any coaches get fired and, you know, there's rumors that the Bucks are interested in any of the coaches that get fired, obviously that would be something where, you know, maybe on a regular Wednesday show we bring that up. Yeah. Um, and we can maybe expand on some of those candidates. Um, if for some reason Denver, like, blows their, um, blows their lead, and you know, gets gentlemen swept out of the playoffs, and the the Nuggets are like, all right, peace, Mike Malone. Like, yeah. obviously, that would be a, a an option that I would certainly be interested in. Yeah, I, like um, I don't see Miami firing Eric Spolstra because he's been there for a decade and a half. But I mean, if he did, bro, Eric Spolstra with Giannis would be illegal. I will say uh, one of the one of the candidates that I've seen brought up a lot is Chris Quinn. He's one of Spolstra's um, main assistants. 
Mm-hmm. He just missed the cut for my top three. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is basically a Spolstra clone. If you listen to things that Udonis Haslam says, um, Udonis Haslam said, when you listen to Quinny, you're hearing Spo with the same message. Um, Haslam said he has the knowledge, the experience, the relationship with the players. Mm-hmm. He has everything covered when you talk about checking the boxes <laughs> to have the ability to be a successful head coach. So mm-hmm. if the Bucks went Chris Quinn, you're essentially getting an Eric Spolstra clone. Um, Wallace said I was in awe of the adjustments he made against us after we went up 2-0 in the Eastern Conference Finals. Adjustments are the main thing that Bud struggled with, especially in-game adjustments, which we agreed. Um, Nurse is a master at it. Also, his defense against the three is something I have been envious of, and that has always been an Achilles heel of Bud's, even the year we won the championship. Those are just two of the main reasons I want Nurse. So I will say, to Budenholzer's credit, the Bucks did do a much better job of defending the three-point line in 2022-2023. Um, they went from 18th in the NBA last season to ninth in the NBA this year. So the Bucks did improve defensively against the three. They also improved at offensive rebounding. We do agree on the in-game adjustments. Uh, we talked about one of the first things when we were talking about attributes was getting better at in-game adjustments as opposed to just being good at game-to-game adjustments. Um, I don't know I'd go as far as to call Nick Nurse a master at in-game adjustments. Um, I'd say overall, I think Nick Nurse is just too similar to Budenholzer for him to be a needle mover as a head coach. And when you get to character concerns, that to me is enough to be just completely off. Yeah. Um, Sean said, my biggest thing is we need a coach that's happy to allow youth to succeed long-term. Um, then you definitely don't want Nick Nurse. Um, that's one of the main complaints, even from his own team president, was that they're developing young players was just not there. Mm-hmm. And if you want a guy who's going to play the young players, definitely don't want Nick Nurse because he plays his starters like 38 minutes a game in the regular season. Yeah, which to me is a concern if you're looking at guys like Giannis, Drew, Chris, Brooke that have you know soreness or contusions, yeah, yeah, like strains, any of that that those guys are going to be kind of burnt out towards the end of the season. Uh, Brad said, I thought Nurse kind of quit on his team down the stretch. Looking at it, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say he quit on his team. I do think he was kind of ready for the season to be over based on some of his comments. And, you know, he was talking about his future before the season was actually over. And that kind of rubbed the president the wrong way. So, like, I don't know that I'd necessarily say he quit on his team but I do think he was kind of thinking about the end before they were at the end. I'm not going to lie. Um, like, you know, what you just said makes it sound like he did quit on us. team. looking forward to the end of the season, um, talking about his future before the season was over. Like, yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree with Brad on this one. I think he quit on them too. Not that they were ever going to look like a scary team or anything like that. I would have definitely took them in the first In my mind, game. losing to the Chicago Bulls in the play-in game is unacceptable. I agree with that. That's 100% unacceptable. I don't care that DeMar DeRozan's the best player on the floor. If you're a great coach and you still have, like, several good players on your team, there's no reason you should lose to the fucking Chicago Yeah, they, they still have the play some game. players on that team from a championship team. So, I mean, yeah, they shouldn't be losing to the Bulls. <sighs> Sean said, I feel like we've wasted so much young talent. Look at Sandro and Nawara. I'm going to level with you. Those two guys are not needle movers at all. The fact yeah. that they've succeeded on – like terrible teams does not suggest to me that they would succeed on the Bucks. Obviously Jordan Wara had much more time at it than Sandro did 
and Sandro went to a terrible team and was able to get some playing time. That's exactly what he wanted. That's exactly what his agent wanted for him. Uh, Jordan Wara, he just never really got better defensively and never stopped turning the ball over. Yeah, if he took more than two dribbles, it was going to be a shot or it was going to be a turnover. I mean, that's just kind of what I started to see. And the thing was, like, we noticed at times this year, like, he had the athleticism to play defense. It just seemed like he didn't apply himself, to be honest. Um, Sandro, I feel like if he had the time and development, he would have been a great backup to Giannis. I, and I agree. Like, I was super excited for Sandro's skill set, and I hope he okay. I hope he succeeds with San Antonio. Um, I just don't think him and his agent wanted to wait for him to have that time to develop behind Giannis, Brooke, Bobby. Uh, they wanted him to get playing time now, especially after how well he played in the Eurobasket tournament and in the Summer League team. Brad, I 100% agree with that assessment. Um, yeah, Brad said Nora had a hard time making the extra pass. That's definitely true. Um, Don said Charles Lee or Vin Baker for locker room culture, veteran coaches. I do like Mark Jackson, not opposed to Nurse or Ty Lue, but my top, top choices. Wild card choices, maybe a college coach with proven defensive scheme or sets. I'm leaning towards a locker room guy first, veteran coach second. Um, so... Okay, Wallace said there's too many similarities. We said that you said there's too many similarities between Bud and Nurse. Let's not forget we're talking about we're not talking about two bums, and I would never say that. Would never say that Nurse is a bum coach. I just have concerns about him. Um, they both did win a world championship, which they did. Uh, mm-hmm. But it isn't bad. It's just that Nurse is strong at the main weaknesses that Budenholzer had. And I don't know that I agree with that. I really don't. Let me ask he, you a question: Are the Raptors winning that title if KD doesn't get hurt? Be real. Is anybody in, in the association beating that Warriors team with Curry and KD before KD gets hurt? <clears throat> no. Nobody. Not even LeBron fucking James at his peak was beating that team. And he was going nuts, bro. You think Kawhi by himself with a young Pascal Siakam. Siakam's nice now. But back then he wasn't the same Siakam that he is in 23. That Nobody was beating that Warriors team, bro. Let's be real. Nick Nurse would be with zero rings without injuries. Now, with, people could say that about the Bucs, too. Because right. Jeff Teague was just on a on a podcast. Oh, the Bucs. The Bucs did not think that the Nets were going to win. You're not in, a, in the NBA playoffs thinking the, that you're going to lose. That's not the mindset that you adapt yourself to. Okay? That's trash. You're probably just mad that you didn't get more playing time because you came over. You thought your buddy Bud was going to give you more PT. It is what it is. Okay? But – the Bucs had just as good of a chance to beat the Nets as, as they did beating us. The Bucs were fucking good, too. The Bucs are not no some bums fantastic. Either. It was stressful, but it was fantastic. Yeah, but nobody beating that Warriors team. That's just – I'm just going to leave that like that. That's so, if we're looking at Budenholzer's, like, main – I guess I'll say issues or weaknesses, um, one of the main complaints that I always saw was developing young talent, something that Nick Nurse does not succeed at. Uh, in-game adjustments, I w- I'll give it to you. I'll, I'll give you that one. Like, I don't necessarily agree or disagree, but I'll give you that one for the sake of the argument. Okay. And the other one being um, half-court offense. And that is something that Nick Nurse has struggled with. So I, I that's why offensive creativity is one of my attributes that I'm looking for in a new coach. Um, I'm going to respond. Luck? And injuries are two different things. 
He literally blew out his Achilles to comparing it to his toe being on the line because he wears a size 74. <laughs> I can't help that his feet are long, okay? I know you can't help that he got hurt, but an injury, that's like a freak accident. Him stepping on the line, that's like that's him not understanding where he was on the court. That happens like two or three times a game. Yeah, so th- those are two completely different things. I think that him stepping on the line was luck. I think him getting injured was a freak accident. Um, Brad said, Nurse reminds me of a one-hit wonder. And his his resume is basically the same as Budenholzer. It's just shorter. They both have one ring. They both have one Coach of the Year award. And they both have been fired within three years of winning a championship. Sorry, four years of winning a championship. True. Um, one quick detour. Sean said, thoughts on Middleton. I think he needs to move on and allow the team to improve. I'm going to go – this might sound like a hot take, but I'm going to say Chris Middleton was our best player in the Heat series. I don't agree, but um, I, I don't know how I feel. Would you agree that if you don't think he's the best, that he was second best? Yeah, because Drew wasn't very consistent. And uh, Brooke, you know, he had some dominant games because of play calling and stuff. But um, And that's something that Bud messed up on was going away from that pick and roll. We've talked yeah. about that, right, with Giannis. But um, I don't know. I would say – To answer this question, I think I could live with 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 both sides. I can live with with him coming back because I know what I'm getting. And if he doesn't come back, there's the there's the extra money that we're gonna get. Maybe we could fill up the roster with a couple extra veterans and Mm -hmm. maybe get an extra ball handler to help out Giannis and and Drew. But uh, I'm good with either, really. Uh, If he stays, he then like I said, I know what we're getting. Right, and this is gonna be interesting because what what's gonna happen is. There's obviously Chris Middleton as a player option. Mm-hmm. So if he chooses to opt in or out, whether that happens before the coach happens will be very, very interesting. Because yeah, there are some coach candidates that I researched that they're they're succeeding depends on their personnel. So if if Chris Middleton opts out of his player option to become a restricted unrestricted free agent um, before the Bucks make their coaching hire. I think that gives the Bucks just a little bit extra opportunity to help construct the roster to help whoever ends up being the new coach. Mm-hmm. So I guess, in my opinion, I would I'm fine. Like I agree with Jake, I'm fine with either way. Mm-hmm. But I kind of like to have it resolved before the head coach situation is resolved. I agree. All right, you ready for what I would describe as probably dark horse candidates for the head coaching position. Yeah. Give me your first one, buddy. Give me your first one. For, um, <laughs> well, I said, you're right about Middleton. He played great offensively. I'm just hoping he had his knee back hundred percent because defensively where he didn't play against well against Miami, Jimmy targeted him, but yes, I want Middleton back. And, and I, I'm fine with that assessment. I am too. Um, I feel like for that contract value, we can get somebody better than Middleton. See that's where I, you're. That's where you're kind of playing the guessing game. You don't know who's going to yeah. be in or out of free agency. So, right. And and, and you never know. Chris who's isn't a bad player. I'm not going to sit here and just dog Chris. He has some bad turnovers every once in a while. So does Giannis. Giannis missed 13 fucking free throws in that final game. That we every offensive foul he commits is a turnover. Yeah, th- I mean Gian- Giannis has bad plays too. We just don't yeah. give him as much crap because he makes a lot of really really good plays. Chris I mean, does I. Too. I kind of got on him a little bit in the one Toronto game, but right, that's, but that's one example. 
but you know, and, and Drew will have some some really bad games where he's not shooting well, and he'll have he'll have a lot of turnovers, he some, and yeah, he has some turnover games too. And obviously, you know, everybody's favorite player, Grayson Allen, could be hot and cold, where he's he's three of fifteen, he'll have four turnovers, and everybody's oh my god, trade this bum. And then the next game, he goes off for twenty five, and he makes seven threes, and it's just like, so Chris is not a bad player. He actually is a very very smart player. I believe that he is our vocal leader on the court. That might sound crazy to some people, but Giannis isn't a very Giannis is more of like a establish himself with his game, and and Drew doesn't talk very much. So I was kind of thrown off seeing Drew talk shit with Jimmy. I was like, whoa, okay, Drew's really into this shit right now. So uh, for me, I think that Chris is our leader on the court, vocal leader. He gets everybody set up. He's kind of like the safety, the middle linebacker, whatever you want to compare him to. But I like um, that. I, I wouldn't be upset with him back, and I'm not trying to dog him, but. I do agree with what Wally said. He was getting dog walked on defense, man. It was bad. And the thing is, is you look at the team plus minus for the Miami series. Chris was actually a team high plus 2.6. And I know it's not everything. And there's like way more metrics we can look at, but I'm just (laughs) just saying. Um, I'm going to address two Cody comments. Uh, First one, he said, what are the possibility we hire Brooke Lopez as back surgeon as the head coach? Well, if he can, if he can make as strong of a comeback with the Milwaukee Bucks as Brooke Lopez did after his back surgery, <laughs> the Bucks are gonna like just run off seven championships in a row. Um, as for your other one, Becky Hammond, um, she was on my list of candidates that I researched. She did just miss the cut of being in my top three. Um, she'd probably be somewhere like five or six options for me but my main takeaways from Becky Hammond were reading that um, in her previous head coaching interviews the Spurs were not as complimentary about her in the day-to-day aspects of the league whether that be load managing um, structuring practices um, anything like that Um, so for me with Becky Hammond she's not a bad candidate but she would likely need another person off of the list that I have to be on her staff to help her get through an 82 game NBA season as a head coach. Yeah. So she would need like a, like an A plus assistant to help her with some right. of that stuff. Okay. Which, I mean, which I'm not ruling out as a possibility. It's just right. trying to hire two coaches at the same time instead of one ultimately isn't what I'm looking for. Usually the the coaches that have like the, those kind of people are like a doc rivers, you know um, he has a, a Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell is like an A plus assistant. Dude, right. Like, a name that I would throw out there would be like Scott Brooks. Yeah. He's been an assistant and a head coach. Yep. Um, Dave Yeager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Has been both 
Um, Jerry, uh, Jerry Stackhouse, I think would be a better head coach. Jerry Stackhouse would probably be my number four option. Mm. Um, I like Jerry. Jerry would be an interesting hire. Um, James Borrego has the San Antonio connection. That would actually be an interesting pairing with Becky Hammond, but ultimately she's not on my list. Wallace said maybe the new coach will actually run an offense and set screens for Middleton and stop making have to go one-on-one for his great shot, especially with his knees not 100%. I agree with that, and I also want to see more Giannis and Chris pick and roll because it's it's unstoppable. See, I was going to say, to counter that, I love the Giannis-Chris pick and roll, and I agree with you. It's our best mm-hmm. option. But the reason that Chris ends up one-on-one all the time is because we do run the, the pick and roll with him and Giannis. Yeah. So then he ends up getting that, that switch, where if you run a pick and roll with with Drew and Giannis, and Drew is perfectly capable of running the pick and roll, and you have Chris coming off, you know, a screen, you know, back door or something like that. Like he could get wide open, and that could work. This is this translates this transitions perfectly into my first candidate. My first candidate. Some people might not even recognize the name. Probably won't until I tell you who he is. Sergio Scariolo. All right, scoliosis. Let me hear about you. <laughs> He is the Spain national team coach. He has been that since uh, the late 2000s. He's been the head coach of the guy of of the Spain teams that gave the U.S. runs for their money in the Olympics. Uh, He's also won the Eurobasket championship four times. And here we go. Pick and roll, Wallace, you're going to like this. He runs a layer of concepts offensively, all variations on a type of pick and roll system that he denied or that he designed called the Spanish pick and roll. Now, basically what this is, is you start with a five-man setting a screen for your point guard. And then you have a two-guard starting on the block, setting an up screen for the five-man. So it's a screen, the screener action. Mm -hmm. And then you're looking to either get a roll from the five-man and basically get a wide-open alley-oop, which with Giannis on our team sounds amazing. (laughs) Yeah, right. You're looking at, the two-man, if his guy drops back to guard that big man, you're looking at a wide-open shot from the top of the key. And then you have two shooters on the outside on the wings. Now, mm. Mike D'Antoni's Houston Rockets ran this when James Harden won his MVP. They ran this with such crazy efficiency. Like, they, like with James Harden, Eric Gordon, they ran it with um, Ryan Anderson. They ran it with Nene. Like he had like a career resurgence running this type of offense. It can basically be run with any personnel. Really? Huh? So when we're talking okay. offensive creativity, Sergio Scariolo got like an A plus with four exclamation marks for me. Okay. So I'm, st- I'm starting to see Chris wide open for three a lot. Oh man, dude. <laughs> And this is this is you can get you can get Pat open, you can get Grayson open, you can have those guys out on the wings. I mean, if Jay Crowder's willing to come back, you could use him as that five man. Oh yeah. Dude, are you on Giannis as that five man? You have him roll to the basket, getting a down screen or an up screen from a small guy? Dude, there's so many. He's got like 10 variations of this. Uh Wallace is getting to my next thing, who he coaches for now. Um He's actually been coaching since 1989. So he's an idea of, you know, if you're looking at a win now coach, because he is 61 years old. Oh, shit. So if you're looking at a guy who's going to coach you for three, four years, 
this might be the guy. So he was in Europe from 1989 until 2018. Then he became part of Nick Nurse's staff from 2018 to 2021. So he was part of their staff when they won the championship. So if you like Nick Nurse, an alternative might be Sergio Scariolo, his former assistant. I think you just got Wallace on board. <laughs> <laughs> he is back in Spain now to answer your question, Wallace. Don asked, is he a leader? Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you this. This is from last summer's Eurobasket tournament. Emmett Ryan of BallInEurope.com wrote, I never gave Spain a chance. Spain would not only go on to win the whole tournament, but, but do so while innovating repeatedly. That innovating repeatedly stood out to me because that means they're making adjustments. Now, there right. were several games in the 2022 Eurobasket tournament where adjustments were mentioned. Um, the massive adjustments that he made against France um, in the championship of the Eurobasket tournament, um, every time France was mounting a comeback, he would he would change the uh, make the adjustments to change it. Um, he was in his three years of assistant in Toronto. He was described as a sponge, basically oh. just looking for more ways to innovate his offense. And in the Eurobasket tournament, he masterfully, masterfully used the Hernan Gomez brothers. Uh, that's Willie and Wancho Hernan Gomez. I would happily take either one of them on the Bucks. True. Both super athletic big men. Um, Wancho was actually the guy who starred in the Adam Sandler movie Hustle. Yeah. Yep. So good um, movie, by the way, if you haven't checked it out, it's on Netflix. He'll say Chris Middleton's in it for like a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would easily take either of those guys on the Bucks. Those two are both just like hustle energy guys that are big and athletic. Um, so some of the quotes from, from him, um, this was in an interview that he did was you have to be able to share with teammates, share the ball. Second, you have to share the will to play defense. These two principles are non-negotiable. All the rest, you can have more flexibility. Hmm. Okay. So for me, I mean, Outside of not having NBA head coaching experience, he's coached NBA players. Just done it with the Spain national team. Um, and I mean, he was an assistant on the on the Raptors, so he understands. And yes, how that... he, he's yeah, he's had a cup of tea in the NBA, so he's seen how it works. And he yeah. aided he aided Nick Nurse in his championship season. Um, and that Spanish pick and roll, seriously, just look up Spanish pick and roll. Watched Houston run it and just score a shit ton of points, just constantly scoring. You know the thing about the Bucks roster, uh, if Middleton comes back, is you can have any of them play that that James Harden role because Giannis Giannis's passing is underrated, his playmaking is underrated. We all think it. Uh, Those were the Holiday. years that James Harden led the NBA in assists, or was near yeah. the top of the NBA in assists, was when they were running that Spanish pick and roll. And I'm sure he brought it to 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 uh, Philly with him under Doc right now with Embiid. Sure, he brought that with him. I'm saying now he's uh, a coaching advisor in um, New Orleans. Actually, oh. um, Mike D'Antoni was on my list. He probably wouldn't have made my top ten, but I did look him up. No, I'm good on D'Antoni. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've seen it, enough of him not playing any defense. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, Giannis in that offense would be filthy. That eight seconds or less offense, he'd be filthy. Yeah, the seven seconds or less. Yeah, seven seconds. Phoenix less, Suns yeah. offense. Yeah. yeah, that would be fun. But yeah, it, <laughs> it relies on a, that's a lot of three pointers. I think the Bucks shoot a lot of threes now. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right, give me your number two head coach candidate. All right, my number two is a familiar name here in Milwaukee. Uh, he's his name's been flowing around for a while now in the league. His name is Charles Lee. Um, he started his coaching career in 2012 uh, at Bucknell, where he ended, he, where he actually played his college basketball 2012 2014. Um, he was the Patriot League MVP in 2006, and he was a two time tourney MVP in the Patriot League in 05 and 06. So um, he knows how to play basketball. He also knows how to coach it pretty good too. He's, he was on our championship team, so. Um, he knows what he's doing. Um, he he got into the NBA in 2014, between 2018, under Bud with the Hawks. So he's been on, in Coach Bud's system for a while. Uh, obviously, he came over to Milwaukee in 2018. And the thing that I really, really like about Charles Lee is that he's only 38. And, you know, you you show uh, – I was glad that you said uh, Sergio's name because I was like, that's one of the reasons I like Charles is he's young. So he can kind of establish himself in Milwaukee. And I think that he would have a higher emphasis on coaching up the young players because he's going to want to, you know, stretch out his tenure as long as possible as well. Um, So, yeah, longevity, that's the word. That thing was not coming out of my mouth, man. Um, (laughs) But he knows the Bucs roster. So that's one thing that is a major key for him. He knows the owners. He knows Giannis. And I think he's a guy that immediately off my attributes would get the respect of the locker room. Um, He understands the culture because he's been in it. He helped create it, really. Um, And I think that he would play a more aggressive style of defense. Um, I'm not sure who's the one that really, you know, calls the shots on Brooke playing that. But I think that he would really make an emphasis to get another athletic big off the bench. I think that's been a problem for the Bucs for a few years here. Um, get in, get a more athletic five man off the bench. So like if Brooke gets tired, you come in, you switch the defensive scheme and you, you push up on people. Uh, one th- I'm not going to give my thoughts on the game. I said, I'm not going to do that until we do free agency. It's, it's just sitting right there. I'm just waiting to talk about it. Um, I do think that Charles Lee would be fantastic. And he has interviewed for the Pistons and the Raptors job, I believe, right? This off season. So, and he interviewed for, um, I think he interviewed for the New Orleans job last year. Yeah, I think that's and I what I want to say he interviewed for Washington because I know Darvin Ham interviewed for the Washington job as well. I didn't see Charles <laughs> Lee for Washington, but I know Darvin Ham interviewed for Washington. Um, but yeah, I, I know Charles, for Lee, sure. Charles Lee might have interviewed for the Atlanta interim position before they hired Quinn Snyder. Damn, this year? I, I, I didn't see that. Wow. Okay. Um, I really thought so. He's he's a hot commodity, man. Um, he's been he's young, he's up and coming. He's he's gonna be the guy uh, pretty damn soon here for somebody. And I would really hate for the Bucks to lose him. Um, I I think that there's a combination of a couple things going on. One, the Bucks saw that Bud system wasn't working anymore, and they don't want to waste Giannis's legacy, right? Don't want to waste his prime. And by the way, his prime just started. For all the people that are like, we're wasting Giannis's prime. It just started. OK, mm-hmm. they say NBA prime starts at 28. He's literally 28 Two, I think that maybe they fired Bud as, a, as the scapegoat, you know, blame everything on him, not blame anything on injuries or anything like that. And three, 
I think maybe they they see how popular Charles Lee's name's getting, and they don't want to lose him. So maybe they just they got mm. rid of Bud, and they want to keep uh, in house Charles Lee and just promote him. I don't know how Charles you feel Lee about interviewed. that, but Charles Lee interviewed for Charlotte's job last year. Charlotte, okay. Um, yes. uh, the Lakers requested permission to interview him before they hired Darvin Ham. Oh my God. Um, New Orleans did interview him for their assistant job last year as well. Okay. So he's interviewed for a ton of head coaching jobs in the last yeah. two years. Yeah. And I said this to you when you picked Charles Lee. Um, he's going to be a head coach in 2023. Yeah, I think so too. Whether it's with the Bucks or not remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think he's a candidate for the job and potentially a deserving one. So. All right, you ready for my number two? This is going to be a name you might recognize the last name. Okay. And I'll give you I'll give you a crisp high five if you recognize where it's from. But my number two is Jay Laranaga. Is that his son? His dad, actually. Oh, really? Okay. I'm with. Yeah, I got you. I got Any you. Bells? You know where his dad coaches? Miami, right? Yeah. Good job. Chris by yeah. five when I see you. <laughs> May 22nd, American Family Field. Yes. <laughs> uh, so Jay Laranaga is my number two uh, coaching candidate. Uh, he's been an 11-year assistant. He spent nine years with Boston, and he's been with the Clippers for the last two. He did interview for the New York Knicks head coaching job before Tom Thibodeau got it. Um, as a G League head coach, he had a 60-40 and 40 record. Um, he blends offensive creativity and defensive prowess. So that stood out to me with Jay Laranega. Uh, he's shown attention, attention to detail at each step of his career. Uh, he's So this is a quote from him, and this makes me want him on the Bucks. provided the Bucks can find a way to get younger at least a little bit. The best half-court offense in the league last year was not as good as the least efficient transition offense. Jesus. Super high importance on running the fast break through all four quarters. That's a super important sticking point with Laranega. And he brought this up when talking about the old San Antonio Spurs team. The dynasty, basically, that they had built was they didn't change their pace through four quarters. They kept the same pace all four quarters. And by the time the fourth quarter rolled around, when their opponent was out of gas, San Antonio just kept going. Yeah. And they won a shit ton of championships by doing it. They won five of them damn things. (laughs) So what he said was you play at a pace where you can take advantage of opponent mistakes. He also saw great value in transition defense. That's something the Bucs have struggled with at times. Transition defense. It hurt them in the Miami series very recently. So for him to put an emphasis on that was important to me. Uh, He preaches multiple efforts on both ends and holding guys accountable to play their best. Um, he did an interview with um, – all right, give me, a, give me a second to make sure I pronounce this right. Noah Kageyama. This guy's a doctor. He runs a, he runs a, a performance podcast, basically. <laughs> now, what he said on this podcast was that winning habits lead to success in the NBA. You know who else talks about building good habits all the time? Giannis. Giannis. All the time. Giannis yep. talks about building good habits all the time. Literally a damn near, and near, damn near every interview Giannis does, he talks about building good habits. True. 
Jay Laranaga is the same way. Now, this was this was a performance thing, and this stood out just kind of because of the way that that we do the show as far as mindset things go. But in his playing career, uh, he changed his mindset from worrying about missing shots to having the opportunity to make plays. I like I just like that mindset aspect of it. So in his 11 years um he's helped coach teams that play good offense and good defense. They rebound well, um decent at controlling the turnovers, uh shoot free throws well. He's been parts of good cultures. Uh Clippers a little bit questionable as of late, but obviously yeah. Boston's got a very very strong culture going true and he's he's adaptable so jailer anega is my number two <clears throat> that was a good choice uh see so after me and tyler do rankings i always look up his guys and then I, I do research on his guys as well um both your twos make sense i like them both thank you very much i appreciate you appreciating our hard work um so i'm gonna go to my number one guy and for me, this feels like a no-brainer if he's available. I'm not going to lie to you. It feels like a no-brainer. Um, his name is Sam Cassell. Um, he he played in Milwaukee. We all remember him. Um, I'm just going to go over a little bit of his playing career real quick. I looked into their playing careers because I think that's important to translate. And it's not always important, but, you know, when you have a guy like Sam Cassell, and some people forget Sam Cassell was a goddamn bucket, dude. Like, he was a good player for a long yeah. time. He was really good um, in Houston, actually, before he even got to Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, he played in the NBA from 93 to 2009. So pretty good chunk of our lives <laughs> when yeah. we first got started. <laughs> uh, he won three total titles, two with the Rockets uh, when they won with Elijah Wan. Mm -hmm. um, and then he got one with Boston when they got their one in 08. Um, he helped the Milwaukee Bucks in 2001 make the conference finals. And he helped the Minnesota Timberwolves in 2004 make the conference finals. Their only time they made the conference championship in their history. Um, he also helped the Clippers win their first ever playoff series. Ever. So this man is everywhere making history. Winning titles, helping the Bucks. you know, get to the conference championship. They should have won. They got cheated. We're not going to talk about that right now. So it um, sounds like he's been with Doc Rivers for a long time. Yeah, man. He has. Basically since 2008 as a player and then with the Clippers as an assistant and now in Philadelphia as an assistant. Well, he, he started coaching with the wizards in 2009 hmm. um, to 2014 and John wall was, uh, was quoted. He credited Cassell for helping him develop leadership and to become one of the premier point guards in the NBA before he had injuries. John wall like gave it. all credit to Sam Cassell. I like it. I like that too. So obviously when he got there in 09, they drafted John Wall in 2010. So right away he got started on John Wall's leadership and, and you know, just grinding him and making mm -hmm. him into the star that he was. Sad the fall off that John Wall had when I saw I know. He was so I fun was to like, watch. He was like, when we were in high school, bro, he was like the first guy that had a chance to be a superstar when we were those young teenage right? kids. Like the John Wall, like. Yeah, I, I remember. Kalapari days when they first got started in Kentucky. Um, he was dunking on everybody in, in his first man, couple of years in the NBA. Him, him and DeMarcus Cousins were a problem, man. That was nuts. Um, but, yeah, like you said, then he went to the Clippers uh, from 2014 to 2020. 
uh, under Doc Rivers, and now he's been with the 76ers ever since. And everything I read, every article I read, I went on like seven, eight freaking articles and websites, and I was reading about Sam Cassell. And I was texting you, and I was like, dude, Sam Cassell's the, the pick. He's the guy. Um, everybody's saying that he's overdue for a head coaching job. He should have had a head coaching job years ago. People are saying they're saying he's the best assistant in the league. Uh, these are guys that float around the NBA, so I'm just going to trust their opinion and just run with it. So a guy that averaged 15 points, three rebounds, and six assists, and like I said, he knows how to fucking win. And if we're in win-now mode, I'm on board. So I'm going to contest your point about being the best assistant in the league because my number one guy is also a current assistant. And I want to reference a, a couple sentences that were written uh, on a site called Basketball Index. And I really, really, I really like this sentence and or these couple sentences. Thank you. And, and I'm not going to lie, it affected my opinion a little bit. It didn't turn me off of any of the guys that I ultimately went with. But what, what Basketball Index said was the pool of retreads is full of coaches for a reason. Mm-hmm. There's a relative, um, there's a relative scarcity of strong NBA coaches. You can't just shuffle chairs forever. That's fair. So that, in my mind, kind of turned me off of Nick Nurse a little more. Um, Frank Vogel, Mike D'Antoni, um, you know, it turned me off of some of those guys that have that have done it, and then kind of fizzled out. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm looking for a guy who kind of, you know, maybe even maybe even taps into the analytics a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking for a guy who's going to kind of innovate as the league continues to grow and change. That's why I brought up being adaptable. True. That being said, my number one guy has some very strong endorsements. And I'm just going to take a drink of my Powerade for dramatic effect. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> my number one pick is Jordy Fernandez. He was an assistant in Denver, and he is uh, Mike Brown's current lead assistant in Sacramento. Um, He is in the mix in the Toronto jobs. Uh, He was in the mix for the Atlanta job uh, when they fired Nate McMillan. So this is what Mike Malone had to say about him. He said he will be a head coach in this league. Uh, And then Mike Brown said, Jordy is a fantastic human being and a fantastic coach. He will be a head coach in this league someday. He is ready for it right now. Hmm. That's what the current coach of the year said about his lead assistant. That's that's strong words. So this was last year's summer league. So the summer of 2022, Keegan Murray shows up for their first summer league game. First play of the first game, he asked Keegan Murray where he likes the ball. He says the left corner. Jordy Fernandez draws a play up to get Keegan Murray a shot in the left corner. First play, first game, gets to the left corner, drains a three. Oh, I like that. First bro. play. I like that. First play, draws up a play just on the spot. Okay. Um, that being said, he is a defensive-minded coach. DeMontis Sabonis says he pays attention to all defensive details. He is a guy that in the pick and roll, he likes to chase around the screens. And over the last quarter of the season, Sacramento was top 10 defensively. Really? Huh. Um, offensively, 
He likes to run high pace. Obviously, Sacramento ran a crazy high pace because they had Deer and Fox. So why would you not run high pace? And Malik Monk, who's not a slouch offensively. Or slow. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, they like to score off of turnovers, and they used, uh, they like to use the dribble handoff with their big men. Oof. So that's something where if the Bucks decide they want to keep Brooke Lopez around, like that could be a potential fit. Mm-hmm. Last year's Sacramento Kings had the highest offensive efficiency in NBA history. Holy shit. I did not know that. Okay. So getting a guy who's in an offensive culture, but is a defensive mind checks that box. Mm -hmm. Um, The Kings were the Kings and the nuggets when he's been with them were good rebounding teams. Didn't turn the ball over. They made their free throws. They have great culture. If you watched any videos of what Sacramento has done with their coaching staff this year, and I've seen I've seen videos of like um the the coaching staff letting know that Mike Brown was um the coach of the month a couple times. Um the culture there that they've changed in just Man. the last year, it's 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 bigger difference than night and day. Oh yeah. It really is. Yeah. It's like a massive difference in culture in Sacramento from last year to this year. Man. And they haven't really changed any players. Their no. core is the same. It's almost like mental health matters, Tyler. Almost. (laughs) Uh, And he's adaptable. Sacramento adapted. They, you know, they they do the dribble handoffs uh, in the half court. They run a lot of high pace offense, score Mm -hmm. off turnovers. I mean, he has the endorsements of Mike Malone and Mike Brown, two coaches of the year. I, I think Jordy Fernandez is the guy. I think he might be the best assistant in the NBA. That's. I'm not disagreeing with you, man. It's up for debate, though. That's all I'm saying. Uh, it's definitely up for debate because there's. I mean, there's tons of them out there. I mean, Charles Lee, you could put in debate. Yeah. Um, yeah. I looked up a bunch of uh, current assistants. Um, James Barrago just kind of missed the cut for me. Jaron Collins is a guy who's interviewing for the Detroit job. He's an assistant in um, New Orleans right now. Um, Dave Yeager, Dave Yeager is currently an assistant with Philadelphia. He just missed the cut for me. Um, so, I mean, there's tons of assistants out there that are going to be deserving of jobs. Um, so just, uh, before we close it out, recap me your three candidates. Uh, so my number three was Mark Jackson. My number two was Charles Lee. And my number one was Sam Cassell. All righty. My number three was Sergio Scariolo. My number two, Jay Laranaga. And my number one, Jordy Fernandez. Um, whatever, whatever it ends up being for the Bucks next head coach, it's not going to be anytime soon. I don't expect it probably until the middle of June, to be honest with you. Yeah. I don't, I don't want them to rush it. So I love in the quote from Horst, he said, we're not rushing this process. They know they have to get this right. And this is going to be important. There's going to be conversations had with the correct people. I believe, Mm -hmm. I believe every GM should be talking to their stars, whatever sport you're in. And right. in basketball, it's a lot easier because you don't have as many players. But right. I think they should they should be doing that, um, especially ones that have their heads on straight. Like I, th- like the guys I would say, like we have. Through, I mean, we have a couple of those on our roster. I would say. Yeah. <laughs> it's All an right. important summer for the Bucks. It, it really is. All right. Well, I appreciate your insight. I think you had some good candidates there. I appreciate people throwing comments in here and, uh, yeah. and watching with us. 
Um, definitely going to be, like you said, definitely going to be an interesting next month and a half or so mm-hmm. um, because I do think they're going to want to get the head coaching um, replacement in before free agency starts. So Yeah. Um, real quick, I like seeing some new faces, some new names in the comments. Uh, we will share when we're going to be talking some big Bucks topics. If you guys want to come join us, we usually go live on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. So um, yeah. today was a special one just to talk about just to talk about the Bucks head coach. Yeah, we had some time today. Uh, we we put put our research together, and um, I'd do my research, put it together last night between last night and a combination of winning a, a flag football game with my ten year old stepson. So um, Tyler's over there just grinding for everybody. He, I he did, did enough writing almost, for, for. I did almost people. all of these notes this morning, and and I started here, there, there. I mean. So we're we're not half assing it over here, people. We're putting in the work. <laughs> Damn sure. <laughs> we, we want we're we're the type of people that want to earn the respect. So come Absolutely. talk with us, come discuss with us. We want to do it live so we can answer you guys' questions right away. Yep. Um if you weren't here earlier, you saw us, you know, having a conversation basically yep. with Wallace. You know, I'm yep. not against any any ideas from Wallace. Um no, I just need his shorts, Isaac. I just need his shorts. Um I would like to say the Lakers are playing good right now, and that doesn't make me happy, by the way. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, I hope you have a good night, buddy. And like I said, come join us on Wednesdays. Yes, I'll see you back on Wednesday. All right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.